Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome back to a brand new, very belated episode of Make Me a Musical. <laughs> How are you doing, Andrew? Oh, we're, I'm doing fantastic, you know, just just phenomenal. Wonderful Memorial Day weekend, you mm-hmm. know. This is getting posted on a holiday Monday. Do, are those real Mondays? I think they count. Um, I mean, since it is a Memorial Day holiday Monday, we're, we're going to talk about something that makes me feel like I just went on a holiday, and that's Mamma Mia. <laughs> yeah, we're going to, what, design a third Mamma Mia movie somehow? Yes, Andrew and I are going to pitch a third Mamma Mia movie. This is the first time where it's not a stage show. This is literally, this has to be a movie. <laughs> well, it's Mamma Mia. It's, I mean, I guess it could be a stage show, but screw that. Well, the sequel was a movie, a movie, so we kind of got to build off that. So, um, That's You true. had a pitch for a Mamma Mia movie, and I was very, very interested in hearing <laughs> more. So I'm just going to let you take this one. Oh, you okay? So you know how in in Mamma Mia sometimes they're like, they're trying to cram a song in, like they're like, oh, how do we make Fernando work? You know, and they just like, well, just have one of the characters just be named Fernando, <laughs> and like, how do we make Waterloo work? Oh, well, we'll just have them at a Napoleon themed restaurant. You know, you always see those those Napoleon themed restaurants. Yeah, they're everywhere. So, what if what if we did the inverse and uh, we have it set? like in like the Mexican Revolution and they'd sing Fernando and it makes perfect sense but every other ABBA song is like crammed in <laughs> like they have to explain <laughs> the legitimacy of slipping through my finger and how that works see a lot of these kind of work in a timeless way oh that's perfect like then. now that I'm thinking about it any of these could work in like a French or uh, Mexican Revolution time or uh, or the Napoleonic Wars see now, I think that's more of a goof, though, because if I'm honest, Mamma Mia 3 has to be a continuation of the story. Does it, though? <laughs> I, feel like it, I feel like it does. What? Okay, here's a pitch. <laughs> okay. We, we, we have the same basic premise of Mamma Mia 2, where we flash back occasionally <laughs> to, like, a different okay. time. But it's, like, like, super great ancestors played by other very famous actors. <laughs> Oh, that's you know what? Actually, that's kind of brilliant. <laughs> what if we? What if we? No, no, no. What if we take the share Fernando thing, and we flash back to them fighting in? I mean, Fernando. What is the song for? It's is is it the Mexican Revolution or is it just kind of like a random revolution? I just like, know there's something on, in do... the air that night. Yeah, the song. What is it about? Uh. There's drums, There, there's fireworks. Okay, two veterans. Fernando was about two old freedom fighters from the war between Me- uh, Texas and Mexico. Holy shit. <laughs> and then they so turned it into a... The te- it's actually the Texas Revolution is what it would be. Then, then they turned it into um, these two ex-lovers meeting in Greece and deciding they're in love again. And one of them being Cher. Man. Yeah. So... <laughs> There's literally no way that that guy was in the Texas Revolution. <laughs> Doesn't make any what? sense. Why would it make no sense? Oh. Explain. The, the Texas Revolution was in 1835. You don't know how old Fernando was. <laughs> 
it, was he 200 years old? You never know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? ABBA should have written their songs with more of a preparation that they'd eventually become a musical. Yeah, they should have thought of this. What, what were they thinking? Honestly, it's it's cringe, and they've messed up, and they should feel bad. Okay, so yeah, no, we're doing... I like the idea of the flashback, but to, like, really, <laughs> really far back. It has nothing to do with... Um, oh, hold on. <laughs> what? Um, these three soldiers come into town. Um, One from, like, the Texas side, the other one from the other side, the other one from uh, just keep conscience's objector. And this poor woman needs to figure out which soldier is... <laughs> is the father of her children and just goes to show that the more things change the more they stay the same <laughs> does the movie like it still opens with uh like it opens with Sophie. the modern day mamma mia yeah, people you got Sophie but then it's like Brothman and all them but then it kind of like goes back <laughs> okay so we have uh a guy from the texas side a guy from the mexico side and then, like, a neutral? Like, a civilian? Yeah, a civilian. I think that would be the funny one. That's the funny one? Um, oh, can, it, can, we, can we just have it take place, like, near the Alamo? <laughs> <laughs> I don't see a problem with that. Okay, so how does it tie into what... I assume there's going to be some sort of, like, thing happening in the modern time as well. Um, Sophie wants to write a book about her mother's experiences out of her journal... And then a historian comes in and is like, actually, these experiences aren't that crazy. It, it ties back very long in your family line. <laughs> your family has a very strange history of having three fathers. <laughs> and it, it's part of the reason why we have such a hard time tracing your genetic line. Because they always make this the same like... decision to not figure out who the father is. <laughs> so they consistently never figure... And then it's... <laughs> Okay. Do we have any idea? I mean, obviously we'll use we'll use Fernando again as a callback to the second movie and as like a more direct and Fernando will be the the Texas soldier. Yes. We'll sing with that one. Um, but what <laughs> what else do we do? Um, how long ago was Waterloo from the time of this? We could have like a former French soldier um who eventually works um fights for the Mexican side. Oh, that's so convoluted. But yeah, Waterloo was on was in 18, 1815, and uh, the Texas Revolution was in eighteen thirty five. So that is that is actually not unfeasible. <laughs> okay, we got this. <laughs> Let's make him the civilian. Um, actually, I'm changing it. Make him the civilian that fought at Waterloo, a French civilian. He's like, I'm sick of war, and he's like, <laughs> she's like, what? Why are you so sick of war? He's like, Waterloo. I would leave if you want. <laughs> we won the war. This is, you know, um, it's all coming together. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we're talking about all the dads and all the couple. Who is our lead character of the flashback? Um, I feel like we have to figure is out. Is it something just Meryl Streep again? Fit. Like Meryl Streep has a different character. We finally got the money and the budget to get her to play someone else, and it, she gets to play like this. She's coming back for because we're we're writing like a. You know, period piece. She's gonna come back. Yeah, I might get the Oscar for this again. <laughs> um, and she's like, "Well, you killed me off, and I want to be involved in this a lot more. So find a way to get me involved." 
here we are. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, no, I mean, we could do and that. And the problem is, oh, this could actually be funny for us, but probably really sad in an actual musical. Um, every time she wants to, like, stay with the guy, he gets murdered in the war. <laughs> and then she has to fight a new fella. Dude, that's dark. We can't do that. Oh, they killed Meryl Streep in the last movie. Okay, that's fair, but they didn't kill any of the dads. And then then she's like, slipping through my fingers all the time. I think I locked one in a marriage. So, how how does the plot move along then? So, we're cutting back and forth between uh, this old Meryl Streep. No, 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 no. The old Mer- old-timey Meryl Streep, right? Yeah. Old-timey Meryl Streep and then modern-day... Amanda Seyfried. Uh, yes. And she's writing, she's like working with a historian to come up with a book about her ancestor or something. Well, no, it was about her mom. And then she's like, you know, I saw the photo when she announced this publication. It looks a lot like this other person from history. I want- <laughs> she just takes out like a black and white photo <laughs> it's of just Meryl Streep again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? What is she known for? Well, she had three lovers in the span of a very short time period, and <laughs> what? No way! All three of them, all three of them were eccentric in different ways. And then you cut to Christine Bransky drinking in the corner. The more things change, the more they stay the same, darling. <laughs> oh, she's gotta have she's gotta have two wacky friends too. <laughs> yes, of course. Oh boy, oh boy. Except this is the dark um, Mamma Mia. In this one, like all of like her her possible men, her possible and her friends, they all die in the horrible war. And then she's just left alone with her baby to figure shit out for herself, and she flees to to Greece. And that's that's why she never picked uh, which one was the father because they all yeah, died. It's less of a hijinks of like who did I bang. It's more like they all died. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh cut to Amanda Seyfried crying on the toilet like this is so sad how did she do it by herself oh and then they like they have to like find something that like signifies that she was the like ancestor was there at a some carving point. on the top of a roof <laughs> like on the bedpost and it's like yes <laughs> um and they fi- okay we're gonna tie it in we find that old lady's diary like and that is our thing and then she's like i went to greece on this island that where everyone else is at the Mamma mia island and i stayed in this one place with my friend sophia and i carved something in the roof and then they all run down oh there my- and then they find it they all run <laughs> they're like oh my goodness she was here Okay, is there any ABBA songs that they haven't put into <laughs> one of the Mamma Mia things uh, yet? There's a couple songs from Chess, I'm sure. But let's look. What about uh, Chica Chica? Yeah, that's been used. Is that that's been yeah. used? Can we use it yeah, again? Go for I it. mean, why not? They already they already reused stuff in the second movie. <laughs> um. Qu- okay. Here's a pitch. Um. So you have the song Super Trooper, except now it's actually about troops. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's I'm totally down with that. Um, there's a lot of these that I just don't think were used, could be used still. Um, you know, like, hey, hey, Helen. What if what if the person's name was Helen? I mean, that fine, whatever. But also, whatever. Look, you have to think like a Mamma Mia writer, okay? 
Like, the think. one that definitely doesn't get used in our film, and then we get fucking trampled is Dancing Queen. No, no, we still use Dancing Queen. And it's literally, we use it the exact same way that they used it the last two times. <laughs> we just, we have all the women in the town, like, run out to dance on a dock. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say, oh my god, like, we think all three of the dads are dead, and then she's given a pair of binoculars, and these, like, pride boats are coming down the fucking Rio Grande at them. <laughs> yeah! Actually, that might be a fine ending, too. Like, we think they're dead, and then they all come back at once. Yeah, but they're all... There's, like, three boats, and they're all coming, and each one of them is on a different boat. <laughs> uh, that's a great ending, actually. <laughs> Dancing Queen is playing. Yeah. Um, You could do one called The Piper. There's a song about the Pied Piper. We could fit that in some way. I don't see why not. Um, it deals with the seduction by a fascistic leader and a somewhat medieval sound. That's perfect. I feel like we probably do that for the for like the Mexican side. I don't really know. Nope, I agree. Honestly, I don't know much about the the war here. Me neither. Um, we'll get a historian to I'm tell us if we're pretty. I'm pretty sure Mexico was protecting their own land, but Texas. I don't know. I don't think anybody was like the good side in this war. <laughs> I mean, that's most wars for me. Um. Yeah. There's a song called Disillusion, which could be fun. Uh, yeah. The king has lost After his everybody... crown. That could be fun. A good metaphor song. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's a vengeful that ballad whose lyrics are an allegory for describing the end of a relationship. Come on, how did they not use that in in the Mamma Mia proper now? There's just a lot. There's still a lot to go on here, you know. Yeah, I think there's a musical here. Is the sad thing like it's gonna be really bad. It's not gonna be a good movie. Well, the thing is, neither are the other two. But the other two are basically vacation promos for going to Greece with ABBA songs. Yeah, this will be a vacation promo for going to Texas. Oh, great. Like, we need more people going to Texas. Look, I don't think Texas is that bad if I'm real. It's hot and miserable. Look, Texas is pretty cool. I'm sure there's nice areas. I'm sure, like, Austin and Dallas are very nice. I just want to go to the Alamo. Why? And see the basement? Yeah, see the basement in the Alamo. The Alamo has no basement, and then everyone laughs in your face <laughs> at the innocuous question. Uh, then where's my bike? <laughs> I wonder how many people actually ask about the basement of the Alamo when they go. Probably too many people. I'm sure the tour guides are very sick of it. All right, so I feel like we made this musical really, really quickly. <laughs> I mean, it's a Mamma Mia musical. Like, what do, what do we even need to do here? All right, we got to flesh out the Sophie parts a little bit. I think that's the last thing we need to do. We figured out the flashback pretty well. Yeah, so she's writing a book about her mom because she can't get over her mom. No, because the movies all tie back to her, even when she's not in the movie. <laughs> uh, and this historian is just, like... I, I want to say she just happens to be staying in this hotel. Yeah, because it's like the best hotel ever because she knocked it out of the park. Of course. And then they're just like, they're like, yeah, I love your hotel. Also, I hear you're writing this book. You should really know about this person that I've been doing a lot of research on. It looks just like, is... it looks just like Donna. <laughs> I, I just, I really want a shot where it's just a black and white photo of. <laughs> Meryl Streep. It's just the same. It's just the same <laughs> and everything it's just and they hold it up they're like in the same pose but one of them's in black and white <laughs> what 
<laughs> Genetics, darling. Sometimes you get the good parts, sometimes you get the bad parts. Yeah, I yeah, only get sure the bad some... parts from me, Dad! Make sure <laughs> make sure we get the uh, the eugenics reference in there, yeah. Is <laughs> uh, she Swedish too? Oh jeez, we need to do a make me a musical on twins. The movie twins, not just the concept of twins. <laughs> no no the movie okay, twins. <laughs> I was like very confused for a moment. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I mean what else is there to flesh out? How does it it should end with like Sophie and the old Donna, yeah, who's not the Donna, fake Donna, both like kind of doing the same thing at the uh, in Greece because they just kind of were there. Yeah, um, it, it she's having another child. <laughs> yeah, and then like Don, actual Donna is also there. Actual Don. Oh, here's the thing. Um, how what time does the first Mamma Mia take place? Like so. How old do you say fake Donna was in 1835, you said? Yeah. What? Um, we could cut I to mean, Cher, she's... played by young Lily James, uh, meeting <laughs> old Donna. <laughs> yes. And it would say that Cher comes in, oh, I met her. I remember she was such a nice old lady. She's my grandmama. <laughs> You know, honestly, as silly as this is, this kind of feels like a it does. Movie. As stupid as it is, even though it's about <laughs> a war and takes place in Texas, this still feels like a Mamma Mia movie. <laughs> I think it's just like how unbelievably white it is to like really care about your ancestors. Yes, I took this ancestry dot com thing, and I don't know who my father was either. <laughs> They said I had three fathers. <laughs> oh my god, Grandma, I have three fathers too. <laughs> the more were different, the more were the same, darling. <laughs> I like how it's just high-pitched Bane is my share impression. I do also just want to get back to the roots and make sure everyone is fucking wasted during the entire Yes, you have to drink like five shots movie. of like, tequila before you can even take shoot a scene oh my god uh, <laughs> i think this is brilliant i i love this movie i wish this movie existed hey universal call us we we got a way to bring meryl street back for the third one we're gonna make her into a into a real star <laughs> this meryl person will be writing us thank you letters for getting her career off the ground oh my goodness <laughs> what do you think ben brantley would say about this musical <laughs> Ben Brantley would fucking hate it. Holy shit. I don't understand where totally me? they even came up with this. This doesn't make any sense. This is this is absolutely ridiculous. Did I have fun? Yes. No. Yes, I did. It's still garbage, though. Look, having fun is not the same as being good. I, I kind of agree with that. I had fun watching Cruella. That doesn't make that a good movie. Oh, how was that? It was fun, but not good. A little long. So, was her mom killed by Dalmatians? Yes. But it isn't, like, the reason why she has this vengeful vendetta or anything. They don't even, like, stick with that concept. <clears throat> I do not believe the character we've set up in this movie would skin puppies. She has, like, 12 puppies, and she loves them all. So I'm like, who the fuck is this character? I would have preferred this movie if it was just about someone that wasn't Cruella. Because it's literally just Honestly, about a fashion design 
like war between like a Banksy fashion designer and like the establishment. And I was like, this is fun. This is cool. Why did why does she kidnap all the puppies then? That's the question. The, does it happen in the movie or do they just Okay, not do spoilers that? for Corella if you really care. Um it does not happen in the movie. She kidnaps um Emma Thompson's three Dalmatians because um it swallowed her mother's necklace and then they have to wait for it to poop out the necklace. Wow, that's not at all what happened in... This is like... And then she keeps the Dalmatians, and here's the dumb twist. That if you think about it for more than like three seconds, you get grossed out by. So, um, Roger is a character in the movie, br- briefly, and so is Anita. So they both exist as characters in the movie for like bit roles. Um, Cruella takes the Dalmatians after winning the day and getting a whole mansion and becoming Cruella DeVille. And then she has these three puppies and one of them makes a comment like, oh, that one's getting pretty fat. And we're like, oh no, it's pregnant. And then the post-credit, mid-credit scene um, is <laughs> Anita and Roger being gifted Pongo and Purdy, the dogs from 101 Dalmatians, which is like, okay, that's dumb. But then you think, oh shit, they're probably from the same litter, which means they're brother and sister, which means they give birth to incest puppies. Yeah, um, I don't understand. <laughs> why would why would you make this movie? If they were like really like making a fun character that you love to hate, and you're just having a lot of fun watching them be bad and be evil, that would be great. But they didn't do that. To be honest, like, if you're making, like, and they, I know they keep doing these where it's like, the villain was actually a, per, a good Disney person. Disney are the whole just time. so angry they don't own Wicked. Andrew. But it's like, Cruella DeVille is the worst character to do this with because her entire goal is just to kill a bunch of puppies to make a coat. Like, you can't, you can't spin that to be some moral anti hero thing, you know? No, you can't, nor should you. It's a dumb idea. <laughs> I, I'm totally down with making an entire movie where the main character just hates puppies and That's wants to kill them. That's a funny idea. Because, like, a movie about my life would be really, like, a cool thing. But, you know. <laughs> like, here's my pitch for the Cruella movie, um, if I was the director. Yeah. You've got this really kind of fuck-a-do character that starts from the bottom. The same basic story, because it is a start from the bottom that we're here. Then she works up the fashion chain um, by... Skinning exotic animals. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and that's what sets her apart. And they're like, oh, you're different. You're, you're a little crazy. And then since we, of course, we don't really want to follow that character all the way, we have like this fun investigative reporter character trying to tear down Cruella that eventually just loses because Cruella is that evil. Like that's yeah. my Cruella origin story where she's like, no one will tell me I can't use anything for a coach ever again. And here's my here's my origin. Instead of Dalmatians kill her mom or whatever, um, she's like going to fashion school or something, and she's in her apartment, and it's just a scene where you just hear this this dog barking as really <laughs> loud through the walls, and you just zoom in on Cruella's face, and she gets more and more angry, and then like she walks out of the apartment, and you don't go you don't follow her, just hear and the, the dog crack. stops the dog stops barking, and then she comes back into the apartment. And there's just blood, a little bit of blood on her. Not a lot. And that's that's the origin story I want. Like, an R-rated Cruella movie, like, where they really, really embrace how fucked just up Just embrace is. it. 
she hates dogs and she wants to make a coat. You know like, what? The thing is, that's not even <laughs> Cruella's MO. She doesn't hate dogs. She loves fashion. That's true. That's true. Though my perfect Cruella would hate dogs. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, I think we just made a musical and did a quick review of Cruella at the end. <laughs> yeah, and made a pitch I think we did a great job. Cruella movie. Not a second, a better. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next week for Make Me Musical if I can get Adrian to sit down for one of these. I'm trying. All right. We'll see you next time, kids. No, that's not our theme song for this. Oh, what is it? Um, Food Library. There Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.